Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. And I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of John. John chapter 1, the first chapter of John, the one that you say St. John, right? There are three other Johns, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Those are the epistles. And then you have St. John, which is the, the Gospels, one of the Gospels. So we go to the Gospel of John, and we begin at verse 1, which says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Loving Lord, you are a good God. You are a trusting confidant. And this morning now we prostrate our hearts before you, Humbly we make ourselves bare before you. I'm asking you know, God to strip us of all the facade. And those things that make us look and behave falsely. Trim us now. We ask you that you will empty us and then fill us with your word. Bless now your word to our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My subject today is the divine logos. You, you will understand the word divine. And there are many of you will understand the word logos. It's a common word. There's a, there's a ship that is called the logos. The word logos really means the word, what it means, word. It's the Greek word for word. So in the Bible says that in the beginning was the logos. 
And the Logos was made, was with God. And the Logos was God. So here we find that John's gospel describes the mystery of the identity of Jesus. In John's gospel, we find here that he has developed what we called a unique Christology, the, the study of Jesus Christ. And so it real Christology here really means an explanation of the nature and the origin of Jesus Christ. And so in John's gospel, and by the way, there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many gospels did I say? Four gospels. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. They are called synoptic gospels because they, these three gospels look at the life and teaching of Jesus Christ through similar lens, meaning that they, they observe the same thing, cover the same stories, look at Jesus Christ in the same way as they describe his ministry. But then when you come to the book of John, John's gospel is different. So in John's gospel, there is no Mary. There is no manger, and there is no magi. John leaves out all these familiar material that we are accustomed to when we read about the story of the birth of Jesus. And so, John does not begin where Matthew, Mark, and Luke begin. Matthew, Mark, and Luke place Jesus in a manger. Am I right? Very good. But John goes beyond that. And he says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And that, that word became flesh and live among us. In other words, Jesus Christ takes on human form. He becomes like one of us in the flesh. It is called the incarnation. He becomes, and by the way, the word incarnation, the word uh, carnation comes from the word carnea, which means flesh. Carnivorous. All right? You know the, the animal that eats flesh, they're what? Carnivorous. Am I right? So that's where that word comes from. Right. So, John sets out to establish three important things that Matthew, Mark, and Luke has not addressed. First one. John sets out to 
identify the eternal existence of Jesus Christ. That's number one. John, in his gospel, seeks to identify the eternal existence of Jesus. And this is very important to you as a Christian. You need to understand who, who Jesus is. Because listen, if Jesus is not God, then the Christian religion is the greatest system of idolatry. And you will be singing and praising and shouting and talking to a man who is not God. So you can't worship a man. You have to worship God, am I right? Because worship belongs to God. And that's why when you worship, you must know how to worship. You must know when to worship. You must know why to worship. And you must know whom you worship. So you can't, you can't denigrate God, Jesus Christ, to being a mere human being. The bad thing in a, you know, is that we talk so much this time of the year about Jesus and we, 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 we talk a lot and we sing about him. But after that, we leave him in a manger. For the rest of the year, you, you, he's, he's lying in a manger there and then he's gone out of your life and the world stops thinking about him. And then when it comes to this time of the year again, they go back to the manger and they stir up the straws. Because they are seeing this little baby Jesus. But he's God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. And so I don't want to worship any idol. I don't want to worship a man. I want to worship God. Amen. So John's, uh, John's intention here is to establish the the eternal existence of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. The next thing is that John sets out to identify the, the eternal position of Jesus. Not just his existence, but his position. And he says here, and the word was with God. With God. And the, uh, and the idea here of with God means that he coexisted with God. When Jesus came to earth, that was not the first time he existed. He became flesh and dwell among us. And so John here established the position of God. Then the third thing that John seeks to do here is to establish the eternal identity of Jesus. And what is that identity? He says, and the word was God. Now, Mark's gospel was written specifically uh, for the Romans. The, because each of these gospels carries a specific emphasis and a target audience originally. That does not mean that what's in there do not apply to us today. Because the, the scripture has its eternal application. It has its eternal implication. And so here, 
Mark writes his gospel for the Roman mind. Luke writes was the writes for the Gentile. As a matter of fact, Luke is the only New Testament writer who was not a Jew. All the others were Jewish. But, but Luke was a Gentile. Yes. And uh, he addressed his gospel to a, a fellow Gentile who he calls Theophilus. And by the way, Luke writes two books. One is Acts and one is Luke. And he addressed it to his fellow Gentile. You know, I am glad that the Bible is inclusive. And it doesn't leave out anyone. The word of God is for everyone. And there is a place in the economy of God for all of us. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter when you were born or to whom you were born. You know, when I was a little boy, and I was born many decades ago. You can't see it if you look at me. Am I right? Yeah, you can't see it. Many decades ago. But when I was a little boy, and by the way, I was born in Jamaica. You can hear it, right? And uh, I, I think when I was probably in, in, uh, in kindergarten, my father left for England. He was one of those who migrated. Those days it was called the United Kingdom. He went up on a boat, I was told. And uh, so... I never, I never knew him. I never met him. I have a slight, you know, picture in my mind of what he could have looked like. But never met him. But some years ago, I decided that I was going to go to England to look for my father. And I went in search of him. I didn't find him because unfortunately he had passed. But I was so lucky to find my sisters. It was an intensive search, but I found my sisters. And uh, when I went to when I spoke to them on the phone and we had the meeting set up and I was going, supposed to go and meet them, I was very nervous. Because this was the first time I was meeting, you know. And so I went with a friend. I 
went to the gate. I indicated that I was there. And this is what they told me. They told me that they all gathered at the window. And they were looking outside to see what I look like. <laughs> because if I didn't look like them, they wouldn't open the gate. They wouldn't let me in. But fortunately, I look like them. <laughs> so they let me in. And, uh, and we talked about many things, and uh, we hugged, we cried, because they heard of me, they knew I existed somehow, but we never met before. But you know, there was, uh, there was a synergy that developed among us. Because they look like me, and I look like them. Because I look like my father, and some of them look like the same father that I have. And after we passed through that first stage, there was this synergy that developed among us that indicated that these were my brothers and sisters. You know, as you become members of the family of God, and when you trust in Jesus Christ and follow him and develop a relationship with the members of the church, that bond is even stronger even stronger than the bond that you have with your own flesh and blood. Because I left, and that was from um, the year 2007. And since that time, we have talked, but we just went back to our own lives. But when it comes to the family of God, there is a difference. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you are from or what you have been. When you come to the family of God, we are supposed to embrace each other. Am I right? We are supposed to embrace each other. Because we belong to Jesus Christ. First of all, we belong to Jesus Christ by creation. Am I right? Yeah. We were all made in his image. Am I right? Yeah. But when we went astray, he came for us. Yeah. He becomes what we call the divine initiator. Yeah. Because we were running away from him. He started with, with Adam and Eve in the garden. And when they were hiding, Jesus came down and he initiated that reunion with them. And so, today, we belong to Jesus Christ because he has made us. And so here it is that in the gospel, you find 
that it was written by Jews. It was written by Gentiles. It was written by Romans. Not only that, these different writers of the Bible, they come from different backgrounds. Some were scholars. Some were fishermen. Some were farmers. Some were well-learned. But the well-learned and the not-so-learned, they all came together and they were inspired by God. I'm glad that God is an inclusive God. And he embraces all of us. So here it is that Luke the Gentile wrote part of the Bible. And he addressed his, his, his discourse to his friend Theophilus whose name is, is a Greek. Then Matthew wrote his gospel to convince the followers, the, the Jews, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. As was foretold in the New Testament, his gospel was written from a Jewish perspective. That is why in the book of Matthew, he always uses the kingdom theme. The kingdom, because they were ruled by kings. Yes, and they were also called to follow Jesus Christ. But then John's gospel. Of all four. John's gospel presents Jesus Christ more forcefully than in the, any of the others. Yes. John explicitly declare that Jesus Christ is God. John 1 and verse 1. And that this God came down to earth for you and for me. Amen. He came to identify with my nature. He came to identify with my weakness. He came to forgive me of my sin. Not only that, he became my sacrifice. You know... When, they, when the angels spoke to they spoke to, to the wise men and to the shepherd, the angel told them that they must go to Bethlehem and they will go to the manger. And they will see Jesus there lying in a manger. And that shall be the sign. What was the sign? What was that sign that they were looking for? You know what was the sign? The sign was twofold. The first sign was that the manger is not the straw bed. The manger is a tub-like trough that is made looking like a casket. So that was the sign. The first sign was that Jesus was lying in a casket. 
The second sign is that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloth. You know what's swaddling cloth? Swaddling cloth is grave clothes. When people have to travel, they carry their grave clothes with them. Because once they die, even now, you have to be buried within 24 hours. And so they were traveling all the way from Nazareth, coming down to, to Bethlehem. And they don't know what would happen. So they carried with them the grave clothes. And here is it that G, the angel says that when you go there, you're going to see the sign. The sign was that Jesus was born to die. And already he was in his casket and he was wrapped in his grave clothes ready to die. And today, you know, we miss that sign sometimes. We miss that sign sometimes. I'm glad that he came to die. So here, John tries to prove that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Now, there's another thing about Messiah. The word Messiah means, what does it mean? Write it down. It means crown prince. What the word Messiah mean? Crown prince. Not crucified savior. So the life of Jesus Christ for us as human beings is kind of paradoxical. For here we was, he was born, he was in a manger, but yet he was in his casket wrapped up in grave clothes. And now he was called Messiah, but instead of being a crown prince, he became a crucified savior, and his death was the death of a criminal. How do you put these together? There are many things here that we can learn from the book of John. So John seeks to prove to us that Jesus Christ is really God. You know, I have a Bible at my home that I read from sometimes. And I read from many versions. This one is called the New World Translation. It's green in its cover. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I won't tell you any more, anything more about it if you don't know. But it's called the New World Translation. It's the Bible that was translated by the Watchtower. In it, wherever the word God appears, that that is a reference to Jesus, it is in common G. Right. So when it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, that God is in a common G. Because in the mind of these individuals, Jesus Christ is a God, but he's a lesser God. 
in your life as you are seated here in this place today. If Jesus is in your life, what kind of God is he? Is he a lesser God? Do you depend on him? Do you believe in him? Do you serve him? Do you worship him? Does he mean much to you or little? Do, do, does he embrace your life? Is he the one that you love, you cherish, you worship, and you will give up anything to follow? You know, there are some folks who worship and, and they, they, they follow Jesus, but when the things are going well, when things are going well, they talk so much about their God. Because he's a good God. He gives me this and he gives me that. It's Christmas time now. So they want this and they want that and they want that and they want that. But when they don't get it. When the going gets rough. And things are not working out. Do you still believe that he's a great God or he's a lesser God? Jesus Christ is God. And so John here tries to craft in, in, in the best language he can. And he gives us eight signs that Jesus Christ is God. Very briefly. Eight signs. Seven of these signs are what we call pre-resurrection sign. Pre-resurrection sign. And then the eighth one is a post-resurrection sign. The first one is the marriage in Cana of Galilee. Jesus turned the water into what? Wine. And he can turn your water into wine right now. Yes. Then the next one was the healing of an official son. John 4, 46. Then there was a healing of the paralyzed man, John 5 and verse 1 to 15. Then, how oh, can you forget this one? The feeding of the 5,000. Oh, yes. And by the way, you know, after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus sent around his disciples and they collected 12 baskets with the fragments. And then after that, he... He gave it to them. And they, that was a symbol that God's resources will never run out. Amen. Here is it that he turned the bread. He, 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 he multiplied bread and everybody got. And you would think that everybody would eat up everything. And there would not be one drop on the ground. But after they were finished eating, there were 12 baskets. Huh? I say to you, I don't know what the new year is going to bring for you. But I'm here to let you know this morning that your bread and water will be sure. Amen. Now listen, I know some of you want butter on it. <laughs> and your bread. And you want syrup in your water. But he says, bread and what? Water. Will be what? That's right. God is going to take care of you. Trust him. He's going to take care of you. 
And I don't know what's happening in your life today. I don't know how far you have come from. I don't know how far you have left to go. But you cannot in any way go without Jesus. And you know something? There were five miracles that Jesus, or seven miracles rather, that Jesus did before his crucifixion. How many did I say? Seven. And the letter, the letter seven is the perfect number. So God is always working for us in a perfect way. And everything that he does, he does it perfectly. There is no flaw in what he does. Amen. Do you want to trust that God? Do you want to believe that God? Do you want to embrace that God? Do you want to follow that God? Do you want to give your life to that God? Wherever he leads, I will go. Wherever he leads, I will go. And so today, my fellow worshipers, as you contemplate, as you contemplate your future, I want to encourage you that your future is in the hand of God. Amen. Now, as I, the last point I'm going to make, before his resurrection, he did several miracles. How many? Seven. And the letter seven is the letter of what? Perfection. Am I right? And then after his resurrection, he did one more that make it eight. And the, the letter eight indicates new beginning. What it indicates? New what the letter eight indicates? New beginning. new beginning. Next week this time, God's willing, it will be a brand new year. It will be a new beginning. New start. God gives you the opportunity to start over. Turn the page. Brand new page. But listen, don't write anything on that page. When the new year begins, you don't write anything on that page before you ask God what to write. Because you don't know what to write. That is why we always mess up. Because we write the wrong things. But thank God there is an eraser. So you can erase. And you can rewrite. But listen. This is what some people do. They make up the list of their life. Of the things they want to do. And then they carry it to God. And they say God this is what I have written. I want you to endorse it. God doesn't work that way. Do you hear what I say, church? You're going to go down to him. You're going to talk to him and say, God, please reveal to me what is your will for my life. And sure enough, he will help you. And then after he has indicated to you, then you make the list. And it will be now between you and God. And then both of you together walking through life. Walking. So when you, when you fall, 
he's there to hold you up. When you get tired, he strengthens your knees. And when you fail, he forgives you. He washes you. He cleanses you. And he puts you on the road again. I trust today that when you leave here, you will leave with Jesus. Not in a manger, but in your heart. In your what? Heart. Do you want him in your heart today? If so, I invite you to stand with me. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this year. We want to thank you for the way you have led us. And this is the final Sabbath of the year 2015. Lord, when we look back on our experiences and our lives, we discover that we have not been all you want us to be. But we are still here. We have another chance. Lord, I ask you now for those who have worshipped here today. That you will take these hearts. Take these lives. And if there is someone here today. Who is struggling. Struggling because some habits struggling because of some challenges I pray today that you will take this heart and I ask you now that you will impart strength give hope and courage dear Jesus bless each worshiper now and as we go from this place May we go with the assurance that you can take care of us. Bless us now. Lord, I ask that we will surrender everything to you now. Forget about the past and the mistakes that we have made. And let us surge ahead through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.